1: The Athletic. Hi there, this is the Athletic Football Podcast Weekend Preview. It is Premier League match day eight, and it is one to cherish because it comes before another international break. This is Adam Leventhal, a stone's throw from the River Thames in central London at the Athletics HQ. It's great to have you with us once again. This week's cast, let's run you through. Tim Spears is back with a big smile on his face and just tell us why that is.
2: Um, I was just thinking you can't throw a stone that far, but... So. <laughs> Um, but it's close you can sort of see it from the street it
1: still qualifies as a stone's throw doesn't it if if we had I don't know Steve Steve Backley Backley. that's going to go over the heads of a lot of listeners but he was a a famous javelin thrower back in the day but yeah We're not far away from the terms, are we? It qualifies.
2: Yeah, definitely. But no, I am smiling Smiling. anyway. Uh, As we were messaging at the weekend, uh, this is the first preview show I've ever looked forward to. Uh, Certainly this season anyway, because I know you're not going to give me any stick. Well, you're going to try, but I can just bat it all away with with a a solid cover drive. uh, Because Wolves beat Man City, so
1: (gasps) next. And what a win it was. (laughs) What a win it was. We will touch upon that in the show. Um, Also, alongside Tim today, Namdi Aguara, who is uh, one of the news team. Here at the Athletic, it's great to have you on the show. You were here when Tim was hosting a few weeks ago. It's good to have you back in the studio. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm well set for this uh, weekend because, as we mentioned, it is it's preceding an international break. So you almost want to just enjoy it even more. Um, Jordan Campbell, who writes on Arsenal for us, also writes on Scotland. And he was here when we were talking about the North London derby not that long ago. How are you, Jordan?
4: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I think I was a little bit too over-optimistic um, before that game. So, yeah, hopefully I don't tempt fate for Arsenal uh, this What did weekend. you say? R- I think refresh I my memory. 3-1. 3-1. So I got the right amount of goals, just split yeah. them the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Close you enough.
1: Did, you didn't get it right, like Tim did. You got it right, didn't you, for the North London Derby? Yeah, thanks for bringing it up for two weeks in a row. <laughs> <No problems laughs> two compliments in the opening <laughs> going five yeah, I'm minutes. Just, I'm just settling. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to sort of... <laughs> I, no, to be honest, I have, I've got no ammo on you. Love it. No ammo Love on it. you. No ammo at all. Um, I've got ammo on myself, though. I have a little bit of an apology to make because, um, as you will all know, you hang on my every word when it comes to the fixture formation. And I actually got it wrong last week. I think, I think, I think it was wrong because I should have mentioned the fact that Luton, Burnley were playing on the Tuesday. So it should have had an extra one on it after the one from the Monday Night Football um, but it didn't, so I do apologise to all the listeners.
2: No, but you're not—you're not Todd Bowley. You don't—you don't put extra games into the formation. It's still, do you know what I mean?
1: Well, no, I. <laughs> yeah, but I still think it qualifies
4: as no, a no, formation. Like, I think you have been harsh on yourself. That's that. like people who see a formation and include the goalkeeper, goalkeeper as a one, unacceptable. Yeah. I think, I think that's too far. It doesn't count this weekend. Okay, no way. Cool.
1: Worry. Right. Well, I'll take that then. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but <you're> congratulations, right. <laughs> by the way, to um, Burnley for their victory over Luton Town at Kenilworth Road, their first win of the season. Only two teams left who haven't got a win in the Premier League this season and that's Sheffield United and Bournemouth and surprise, surprise, they are the bottom two. Uh, The fixture formation this week and I've double checked, it's 0-6-4-0 with all the European teams who were in action bar Manchester United featuring on Sunday. Uh, Would you like me to run through all the fixtures? Why not with a with a musical bed in the background? <laughs> oh, definitely, can we, can we do that? We, yeah, we can. Okay, here we go. So Saturday, twelve thirty, we're back at Kenilworth Road. You get to see it on the television once again in all its glory. It's Luton against Tottenham. Your three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday: Fulham against Sheffield United, uh, Burnley against Chelsea, Manchester United against Brentford, and Everton against Bournemouth. And then the Saturday five thirty kickoff is Palace against Forest. Then on to Sunday, and it is an action-packed schedule. Three two o'clock, Brighton against Liverpool, West Ham against Newcastle, and Wolves against Aston Villa. And then at 4:30, it's the big one, the Juggernauts head-to-head, the top two from last season, as Arsenal entertain Manchester City at the Emirates. And that is where we're gonna start.
0: about it now the party at manchester can move into full swing
1: so it is the meeting of the top two from last season yes but it is a meeting of two teams where one normally wins manchester city have won their last 12 matches against arsenal um they've not beaten city in the league since 2015. Now, namdi you are an Arsenal fan. Him. We are in a safe space in here. Everyone is is happy to say who they support. Jordan's <laughs> already said he supports Rangers. <laughs> obviously, Wolves boy over there. We know all about. Very him. proud Wolves Yeah, I'm a yep. Watford fan. We don't talk about that. They are <laughs> shocking at the moment. Um, but you are an Arsenal fan. Do you know what what happened back in 2015? I do.
3: We won two one at the Emirates, I believe. Who scored? If I'm right, it would have been Giroud and Walcott. Very good. Nice. Very good.
1: Proper proper fandom.
3: Yes, eh? I like that. <laughs> um,
1: two defeats last season for Arsenal, 3-1 at the Emirates, 4-1 at the Etihad, and that played a big part in the deciding margin between the two teams, five points in the end. And that 4-1 win for Manchester City came at the end of a really awkward April, didn't it? After giving away leads against uh, Liverpool, West Ham, and then that battle back against... Southampton so where do we stand on on this one Jordan I'll, I'll come to you on this you've watched Arsenal home and away as Namdi has as well um, is this now the time where this this run is going to end do you think they go into it with enough momentum
4: I think it has to be the time it ends um, Arsenal have lost 12 in a row to Man City the only team that Arteta's not beaten as a manager um, you know it's a, a very long run um, for a team to go through I think psychologically it must be in their heads. But I think winning the Community Shield, you know, it looked like a weight off their shoulders. I know they didn't quite do it in in 90 minutes, Mm. but, you know, just to know that they can beat a city at full strength, um, I think was potentially a big thing. Um, But, you know, with Rodri out this weekend as well, I think there's no better time really for for Arsenal to go and do it at home. So, um, yeah, I think it's got to be this weekend and psychologically, again, they could go top of the league. So, Nandy Jordan isn't bothered
1: about losing against Lons in, in midweek. Do you see, you know, European games and European environments and the, and the domestic game as completely two different entities or do you think that is something that might, might just bug Arteta going into this game?
3: I think, I think so Declan Rice said after Wednesday, um, after the loss of Wednesday, he said that we're just warming up and I think that probably hits the nail on the head on where we're at and where we should be taking those European games. Um I think two months, two and a half months into the season now, I don't think other than excluding the PSV and the Bournemouth victories, I don't think we've seen Arsenal at their best um dominated a game for ninety minutes. And so and and you know, with all being said, I think we are still in a team in transition. I mean we've basically got a new a new number one goalkeeper now. Parte who was such an important cog last season, had barely played this year, is now gone. Um we don't really have a guaranteed number nine either. So I think with that all being said, I think it is definitely important to take that defeat into consideration. I don't think we were good. I think that's probably one of our most poor performances of the season. But I also think that, you know, we've definitely shown that we're a team that can bounce back from defeats really well. And I think going into Sunday, Wednesday was a big defeat and hopefully we can bounce back from that.
1: Just a quick word, Tim, from you on on Bukayo Saka, because there is a doubt over him. Came off against Lons. Um, sort of understanding is that it's, it's precautionary and it's got something to do with him doing a back heel and pulling a muscle but it doesn't sound as if it's going to be too serious and the almost the feeling is it would be no surprise if he turns out against Manchester City. If he were to be missing, is that almost taking out Arsenal's best chance of beating City?
2: Yeah, it, it negates Rodri's absence somewhat if he's out. Yeah. And if they were out. on a scale,
1: they would be it would be equal, yeah. would
2: it? Yeah, I think so, yeah, different areas of the pitch, but is so important to Arsenal. And yeah, it's an it's an interesting one about whether he plays and when he plays and you know this has been an issue for a little while hasn't it from an Arsenal point of view as to whether he plays every game like Arteta said he needs to last year and yeah there's been a lot of talk about the football calendar in the past week with lots of managers talking about it um, in quite emotive language Ten Hag Guardiola said players might have to strike uh, because there's too much football being played Vincent Kompany called for a cap on the amount of games Players play every season, so yeah, Saka's um, Saka really fits into that category of players who probably are being overplayed, like Jude Bellingham, who's played ten thousand, no, almost fifteen thousand minutes before turning age twenty, mm. um, which was a stat highlighted this week. When you compare that to Lampard, before he was twenty, he played two thousand minutes, and Bellingham's at fifteen thousand, um, and Gerrard was at three thousand at that age, so. Yeah, I think Saka's in that sort of category. You, you you worry um ten years down the line if the amount of football he's playing now will have a have an influence on the on when his career starts to dwindle.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Because you're sort of battling between a player being really, really good when they're young and worrying about burnout when they're older. So it's a it's a very difficult balance to strike, I think. Um just a, a word on the the extra striker or someone that maybe could do with playing in a different role and maybe that might suit um, playing at, at Arsenal in a different role is Kai Havertz potentially with the the change of dynamic that maybe Mikel Arteta might want to bring and he did it at the community shield do you think that Havertz maybe playing through the middle if they have to rotate the the two either side might be something that is is Suitable against City?
4: Uh, I can definitely see the merits in it. Um, you know, Hazer started started the last few games um, on the left wing, um, and Ketty has he played both in Ketty and Hazard, so he's shown that he's he's willing to to be creative. Um, and I think Havertz, you know, he still looks slightly unnatural in that left midfield position. So um, I think if uh, Man City Arsenal games last last couple of years have just become you press us, we'll press you and a lot of the time both teams even even City don't mind going long to Haaland just to take out that press. So I think in a game where if Arsenal are struggling to play through City, it could be a good option for them just to go up long to to Havertz because although he's got this languid style <laughs> where he looks like he sort of you want, you want to give him a shake at times, you know, like when he plays up front, he's, he's back to goal. He is very good at winning flick-ons and I think you saw that in the community shield. Um so maybe this is the sort of game where you take him out the the real you know rough and tumble in the midfield where you're asking him to do a bit of everything and you're just ask him to be a focal point. Maybe that takes the pressure off him slightly.
1: You know, when you have moments and you think, did that actually happen? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Kai Havertz score the winner in the Champions League final against Manchester City for, for Chelsea playing as a, yeah. as a central striker? That yeah. did happen. Yeah, you?
4: and then that's the thing. You, you, you're watching at Bournemouth and you're thinking, God, like, how does it feel for this guy that like his teammates are almost having to gift him a goal and everyone's like... You know, I always thought maybe on a human level it's a little bit, you know a bit embarrassing for him well let's
1: check, let's check in with our moral com- uh, moral compass um, Tim Spears in terms of that did you like that or did you think no 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 you're sort of you're almost undermining him
2: I think you've got to look at what the player would want in that situation and he probably wouldn't want that given where he
1: celebrated though didn't he he looked like he needed it
2: yeah, I don't know. Isn't it a bit undignified? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't but know when yeah. it's coming from. Yeah.
1: Saka Saka gives out penalties to everyone. He's like the Father <laughs> Christmas of, of penalties. So yeah. you know, maybe it's maybe that sort of makes it okay.
2: When things are, are given out, players can be a bit embarrassed about it. I remember a couple of Wolves players were given the last minute of a Premier League game of a season once, and they did not like that because they like we need to earn yeah. it and get it on merit. And yeah, I don't know. I, but hey, if if scoring a penalty from twelve yards is giving them a confidence boost, then it's worked. So it depends depends on the individual, doesn't it? Really,
4: I thought Arteta. I was surprised how strongly he came out and really made this a moment for Havertz. You know, I thought he'd have maybe played it down as, oh, you know, hopefully this get. But he's like, you know, this is it. This is the moment for him to really kick on now. But I think we forget that these players are human and that it does affect them. And you can clearly see that. His teammates have noticed that it's, it's been getting to him because, I mean, how do you escape it? Even, you know, everybody in football will tell you they don't read anything about them, they don't go on social media, but, you know, let's be honest, a lot of them do. And, uh, you know, look at, uh, listening to Tom Cleverley um, the other the other week talk about...
1: Watford's <laughs> under 18, coach, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, <on>, <laughs> <on, laughs>
4: uh, yeah. talk about, um, you know, when he went through all that abuse at Manchester United yeah. and you go, that was probably a decade ago and that was probably the first high-profile time where a player was absolutely lambasted on social media, and he was talking about how difficult he would lock himself in the room, you know, wouldn't want to go out in Manchester City Centre. I think that, like, we've seen Harry Maguire as well, obviously Havertz is not to the same extent, but he's almost becoming like, you know, this, every time he does something wrong, it's straight on, straight, the highlight straight on Twitter, it must be a horrible feeling to go through mentally, and be no surprise, like, I think we always imagine these players must be bulletproof mentally, but there must be at the back of your mind that like, a bit of fearfulness. Must be like, a, I'm scared to make a mistake, you know?
2: Well, it's so rare that we see it, but Richarlison crying on the bench for Brazil during international duty it just shows, of, of course, it's there. Um, but he was very brave in showing it and talking about it. But most players, are yeah, fearful of the reaction, so they, they keep it to themselves. And that's when, that's when you get problems in the longer term, I'd suggest.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Let's talk about the
1: emotional side of things between Pep Guardiola and Mikel Arteta. Obviously, the uh, Sorcerer and the Apprentice. We, we we can call them that. That's fair enough, still, because I guess you're still you're going to always be the Apprentice if you don't ever beat, of course, the Sorcerer, um, and that is the situation for uh, Mikel Arteta. How much do you think it it grinds his gears, or do you think that they are they're good pals and they sort of they laugh about it afterwards i can't imagine them laughing about it afterwards but um do you think that it do you think it bothers arteta that he hasn't got one over him yet
3: no not really no i okay. think i think that um there will always be that competitiveness between them between the both of them um but really and truly i don't think he sees it as him v Pep. i think he sees it as arsenal v city i think he sees it as you know really really and truly we should have gone on to win the league last year and we didn't and so, taking Pep aside from it, I don't think yeah the record or anything will bother Arteta the, from the way he speaks. I think he'll be totally focused on Sunday winning that football game and going from there. And and maybe him and Pep can have a drink after it, but you never know.
1: Do they still do that, by the way? Do do managers have a a bottle of wine and stuff like that? Do you do you know about that, Tim Jordan? Was that a bit oh, old school? Is it a bit sort of Mourinho? Fergie, still, it was Fergie wasn't it? Yeah, that's it.
4: That's, that's still mentioned though, isn't it? But it's usually wine though. It's like they bring a bottle, a bottle of like yeah, but specialty. do they do? I, I
1: don't know if they do that anymore. Uh, Can you? Know. Fu- you're going to games this weekend, I presume? Yeah, Tim. No. Oh. No,
2: I've <sighs> got week enough. Oh um, right slacker. Why have we got Tim mm. he he's, he's literally he's, he's, not, he's not even invested In this weekend I would love to go To Luton Spurs But um, it's it's Quite a small ground So they don't have enough Press uh, <laughs> passes for done, Nicely James.
1: done uh, Jordan you're at a game This weekend I presume No I'm
4: not at a game This weekend
1: What the <laughs> hell What is going on <laughs> Now
3: do you go to uh, a game Oh gosh Of course you not know.
4: This is the reserve squad And you mm. Are you going to a game No to be honest I'm <laughs> not going to a game
1: <laughs> But if I was going to a game it's more likely To be in the championship So it doesn't matter anyway. Um, Irrelevant. Yeah, right. This is relevant because we've had success in recent weeks in terms of our predictions. Um, prediction on Arsenal against Manchester City, uh, Tim.
2: Uh, I think it, I think I'm I'm looking forward to it as a nice open game, which is which I was thinking after the Spurs Liverpool game the other day is is how we view these these games now between big six clubs. Whereas it always we I always used to dread them personally. You know, the tactical battles and the nil-nils and the Mourinho's and Benitas and whatever. So I'm hoping for a very good open attacking game. And I think I think City, with the changes that Guardiola's recognised from what he needs from his team this week, in between Wolves and Leipzig and the players he's brought back into the team, I think uh,
3: City will edge it 2-1. 2-1.
1: Nandy?
3: I think, like Jordan said before, I think there's no better time to beat City than Sunday. Um... Saka's fitness included. Um, I know he was just um, selecting the England squad somehow. I think we go to the Emirates on Sunday. I think Saka makes his fourth miraculous recovery in about two weeks, plays 70 minutes, gets an assist, comes off, wow. hobbles off again, plays for England the week after course, but I think we win 2-1. That
1: was like almost like he had a crystal ball. Yeah, That's a lot yeah. of detail in in that. That. Yeah, what, yeah. You, what You said the score was? 2-1. 2-1. I'm going to go one
4: each. I sitting on the fence a bit. But I, I don't I, I look at it and I think Arsenal should have more of the ball this time than they did um at the end of last season. But is it just that nagging doubt if is it City have got a killer in Haaland and you still go if Arsenal get two big chances, will they take them?
1: But they've also got someone, Julian Alvarez, who is who is performing arguably better than than Haaland yeah, at well, the moment. So
4: yeah. That's a scary thing <laughs> for yeah. Arsenal that they've got two uh, potential killers. Whereas, you know, I think you saw in the Spurs game is that you don't get a lot of chances in these big games, and you need to take them at the right time. So, I mean, Jesus, he's finished during the week was brilliant, but just whether he can repeat that week after week, um, which I think he's got it, and he's locker. But um, I think if he was to get the winner, that would be a massive, you know, against his former team, that would be a massive thing for Arsenal. Okay, so predictions. I there's
3: still a Rodri, Rodri-shaped hole in the city midfield as well. So. And then whoever, whichever centre-back he decides to play at left-back, I knew if Saka's not playing. I guess there's just loads of question marks around the teams on Sunday.
1: It's an intriguing battle between last season's top two. Um, Just to quickly mention, uh, for a a deeper, an even deeper dive on the situation with Saka, uh, with injuries, burnout, uh, fixture, congestion, all that sort of stuff, um, you can check out the previous Episode of the athletic football podcast on this very feed also um, dedicated coverage of arsenal with the handbrake off podcast as well Um, and there is also more on the top two and in particular battles between top twos and the decisiveness on the margins between them uh, on the athletic football tactics podcast with michael cox Duncan Alexander and Ali Maxwell as well. Right, let's reflect on the big story that has dominated from last weekend and the farcical scenes at Tottenham where Liverpool were denied a perfectly good goal by the VAR officials who got into a little bit of a kerfuffle. Um, let's just quickly play you the audio if you've been on another planet and you haven't heard it. Released by the PGMOL.
4: Check complete. Check complete. Yeah.
1: It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Off.
4: Thank you, mate. Thank you, Thank you mate. mate. Wait, wait, wait. wait. The on
5: field decision
1: was offside. Yeah, Delayed the game. delay the, the, the game. They've restarted Nothing the game. The field. Yeah, they've restarted. Yeah. Can't do anything. No. I can't do anything. No. No. I can't do anything. So since that, Jurgen Klopp has sort of stirred the pot a little bit, um, or quite a lot, I should say, by saying that in an ideal world, although he said it's unlikely to happen, there should be a replay of the game. And I mean, my own personal opinion on that is that in, in its entirety, his answer actually was relatively fair. And balanced it's just that he used the word replay and everyone lost their proverbial uh, about it we don't necessarily need to dig into that because i think everyone has uh, spoken at length about whether it's going to happen what should happen and we still wait to see the next steps but i wouldn't mind just having a little bit more fun ahead of the weekend and i wanted to put it to each of you if you were able to replay a game which game would it be Tim Spears sips water and prepares to enter the conversation.
2: Tim, so there was a game last year oh, um, yeah. involving Wolves, um, which was uh, an FA Cup tie. It was two-two in the game. There was like ten minutes left, and um, Wolves scored uh, from like a co- it was a cleared corner that came back in, and Totti Gomez uh, sort of flicked the ball in from six yards, and um, but the linesman's flag went up, and uh, Mateus Nunes the ball had come back to him from the corner and he was flagged offside uh, in the build-up. So it was later shown um, that Nunes was actually onside when the ball came back to him and he, and he crossed it in. But on the night, the cameras weren't there uh, to pick him up on the pitch. There weren't enough cameras. Oh, so right, yes. Nunes was stood near the corner flag and you, you couldn't see that he was onside. But on the, uh, on the night, they didn't have the correct cameras because um, that game was against Liverpool, uh, funnily enough, uh, as Anfield... So, you know, my, in my opinion, um, sporting integrity was, was undermined that night uh, and there was a clear need for escalation and resolution um, and a replay of the original <laughs> tie because, of course, it went to an actual replay when Wolves lost. But, you know, that tie should, that tie should have been replayed, in my opinion. Okay, but I like that. That's quite clear. No, that's good. Yeah, I can't like Yeah,
1: that. and a little bit mischievous as well. <laughs> we like that. Namdi?
3: Um, I'm going to get my crystal ball out again. Okay. And I'll go back to the Emirates last February. Um, and we are slap-banging in the middle of a title race. And, yeah, like like your example, an offside is not called against Brentford at home, and Tony's equaliser, which shouldn't have stood, does stand, and we go on to draw that game and then go on to get battered by City four days later. So I'd have that game replayed. Um, we'd win. Uh, with that buzz, we'd go and beat City of the Emirates four days later, and then you never know what happens with the title race, but I'd have that game replayed. Okay, right. Jordan?
4: I don't know if this makes me, like... But an angel, but I don't even have like something that a burning image of a decision that's really killed me. Really? Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, did, did quickly and the one that always stands out to me though is the Scotland versus Italy. I was game, just gonna say it. Well, but you know, in the context, we still needed to score after <laughs> after that. So Alan Hutton um, went down in his own corner, looked like a foul to Scotland, and the referee gave it the other way to Italy, and they crossed it in. Scored, killed our hopes uh, uh qualifying for a major tournament again. Um, that was insane. Chiellini pushed him yeah, to the floor yeah. and, and got from Yeah, and he got it. the foul. Um, but yeah, Chiellini sold it well. But that was the one, I don't know what age it would have been, but that was the first time I thought, Christ, I wish we could replay that. But we still had to score. That's the thing. Everyone, <laughs> every Scottish person forgets that if that goal, that wasn't the goal that killed us, we still had to go and score after that. But yeah, we might have done it in the last five minutes. So that one there. Uh,
1: I've got one for you, which I think trumps all of them. And I almost want to tell Jurgen Klopp directly about it. And that was when Reading were awarded a goal against Watford. The ghost goal. The ghost goal. The goal wasn't even scored. No, no one scored a goal and a goal was given. Watford against Reading back in 2008. And John Eustace, who's now the Birmingham manager, was credited with an own goal. <laughs> And there was no was that, goal.
4: Did it go wide and hit the sta- It went wide. Yeah, and it, it hit went the wide. It but, didn't go uh, out. Yeah.
1: The, the referees, but, officials, had brain farts collectively. Of course, the, the
2: referee who gave it was punished, and we never heard from him again. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was terrible, wasn't he?
1: You know what? And every time I see those two words, Stewart and Atwell, <laughs> whether he's on the field, whether he's especially in the VAR, I think, oh well, good luck with that one, because he gives goals that don't even exist. <laughs> um so yeah that was a long long time ago um and it still grinds oh, I was my gears say, it's good to got over it <laughs> yeah, exactly no, i did a show on stage with john eustace about that it wasn't just purely about that it was, it was about various watford issues but we did a whole section on that um and it was it was it was entertaining to the audience anyway let's move <laughs> on um just a quick word about liverpool as they try to move on obviously um Following up from Europa League action on Thursday night, they now take on Brighton on Sunday and Brighton are aiming to bounce back from a a big, heavy defeat against Aston Villa. Where do you see this one going, Liverpool up against Brighton? Do you think that they can use the injustice of the, the game against Tottenham to their advantage?
2: I don't think they need to do that because there were 18 games unbeaten and they played brilliantly at Spurs, to be honest, with 11 and 10 men. Uh, I barely noticed the difference when they'd had a man sent off. It was only when they went down to nine that they just sort of sat deep and defended and were very close to what was a pretty heroic performance, to be honest. I was impressed with them all the way through. And they had a number of, well, they certainly had one incredible injustice against them and a couple which you can say, yeah, were harsh an issue for them is that Curtis Jones is going to be suspended and he's been I don't think it's any coincidence that Curtis Jones missed the most of the majority of that game at Spurs and Rodri was missing at Wolves and two unbeaten records went because you've got two players um, absolutely vital to how their everything their team does really in defence and attack and yeah Curtis Jones particularly against Brighton I think he'll really be missed because he's the spare man for Liverpool he's he's um, he's the one who can facilitate um, others in midfield and attack doing the creative stuff and he's a good tackler he's an excellent runner and a good passer of the ball and he's been key to their sort of revival this season so they'll really miss Curtis Jones I'm not sure exactly he'll come in but um, but they'll miss him
1: And Namdi um, a word on on Brighton do you have any worries about them because obviously they've got a a fantastic reputation they are lauded by the critics as being well run and and an exciting side but they are having a a bit of a a choppy choppy time under Roberto De Zerbi at the moment aren't they in particular that that last game against Aston Villa how do you think they'll respond
3: yeah definitely I think I think choppy is fair um I think when you look back at some of their their results this season um i think especially coming up to liverpool on the weekend i think it says a lot about well there are two big victories were newcastle united which are two teams that didn't show them the respect that maybe the a or a wolves would have um, and came on and gave him a lot of space which Brighton worked in and, and took adva- advantage of and I'm sure Liverpool would approach that game in the same way that being said I know Villa came on to them last weekend and and uh, John McGinn went and said that yeah it was either after the tactics meeting it was either going to be 6-1 to us or 6-1 to them um, so thinking, thinking the way they approach games and I'm sure Deserby being who he is won't come in and change his approach for any other game so I think that will be a game with a lot of space um, and Liverpool are probably the best team to take advantage of that so yeah it will be an interesting one
1: and Jordan, a word on Darwin Nunez, who is sort of building his his reputation. And he's been, I guess, I don't know, just maybe the most exciting player that Liverpool have got, but that they haven't necessarily fully unleashed yet.
4: Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I mean, if you look at his goals record last year, you know, if you looked at it on paper, you'd think that was a, a decent debut um, debut signing this season. But I think coming in at the same time as Haaland, you know, not too dissimilar in age and amount of minutes, the expectation there... For Liverpool, the season before was that he was going to be taking them to the next level, and that obviously never quite happened. Um, but yeah, I think you can see that Klopp's maybe protected him a bit by not putting him in every single game. You know, bringing them in at different points in games and letting them make an impact that way. But you know, i have seen it at Newcastle, the the impact they can have. And yeah, I think w- once he gets his confidence up, which he looks like he has now, um, yeah, I think he's he's a big a, a big option for them.
5: This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athletic football. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com athletic football with no spaces. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner?
3: Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. I wanted to
1: speak to you a little bit more, Tim, if I may, about wolves. Um, because the win against Manchester City was was quite exceptional. And I did try and put a, a new mantle on the style of football that you've been playing. And and obviously um you're you're anti Ange ball as a term, but would you, you presumably you're not take you won't take Gary Ball. Gary Ball <laughs> I like
2: because it, it sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. Gary, yeah. Gary Gariball.
1: Ball. Gary Ball's okay. Yeah, Yeah? <laughs> yeah?
2: Yeah, Gary Baldy. Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) that's it. It works, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, but in terms of actually what was done in the game, what did they do that maybe? I mean, we can refer back to you know the chat about Arsenal uh, earlier on in the in the show. Do you think that Mikel Arteta will be watching that performance and go right? We'll just do what they did. No,
2: no. Um, I know uh, it's different. Yeah. But
1: elements of it in terms of quick breaks and you know just. Going at hundred miles an hour as quickly as possible up the other end, which which they did fantastically. Yeah, up.
2: potentially, but is he going to is he going to defend on his six yard box for long spells of the game? And well, you know, uh, why not try it? Well, if he's if he's brave enough to do that, then yeah, brave absolutely. Enough to try a
3: Gary Ball. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> well, um, but it was it was a game plan that relied on a hundred percent perfection. Wolves had one shot on target in this game, <laughs> and uh, they had a bit of good fortune, and that Man City had a bit of an off day. But yeah, they, they, were, they were, to a man, they were exceptional, which is exactly how they needed to be. But it wasn't like sort of back in the Nuno days where Wolves were actually competing and beating Manchester City on sort of like almost equal ground rather than a, sort of it like an FA Cup tie, really, underdog. You know, again, that's how it felt to me. But, but it. it doesn't take anything away from the actual, they, yeah. oh my God, they needed it. And Gary O'Neill needed it because he's coming on some real stick and some real pressure, even though he's only been there a few weeks.
1: And just a quick word about Hwang Hee-chan, who scored, pivotal in the game, played really well, after, I thought it was a little bit dodgy, what Pep Guardiola said about him prior to it, just calling him the Korean guy, I found that quite, I found it quite odd, a little bit awful actually, and I was so happy that he played a big role, what was your your feeling about it?
2: Yes, disrespectful, Mm. of course it is. not knowing the player's name of the guy, yeah, and he's, it's not like he doesn't play. He's in the first team every week. It's not like he's not an established mm. international who's played who's played across Europe and been in Wolves' team for a few years. So yeah, not great at all. Um, yeah, Wolves had rightly had some fun with it and some great social media content this week, but yeah, it was it was pretty disrespectful, for sure.
1: And Pedro Neto, obviously he didn't score the goal, but it was it was an own goal. He is a player that. Obviously, if if Gary Ball goes the way that you're you're saying, and it's all going to be doom and gloom, he's going to be someone that will get picked up and snapped up because he's he's performing in a in an underperforming team still, even though you've just beaten Manchester City, which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah, run.
2: he'll get picked up, however well Wolves do this season, even if even if Gary leaves them leads them to seventh, he he'll get picked up because that's how that's how good he is. I mean, um, I, I I think he's better than. Jota was at the stage that Jota left Wolves I think he's got high ceiling to be honest and it was that pandemic season uh, where he was electrifying he only got sort of five goals five assists that season but Wolves only scored 36 goals that year under Nuno and finished 13th as the wheels came off but he was outstanding he'd he'd played his way into the Portugal squad and you know the array of attacking talent that Portugal had got and he was going to the Euros that summer and then basically he broke his kneecap Uh, the rehab didn't go well so he took a long time to come back and then he did his ankle ligaments, so he missed the World Cup. So he's basically been out for two and a half years. And he's made 18 starts in two seasons. And now we're seeing the player that he once was. And honestly, he's just he's got everything. And people who saw his run against Luton when he scored, or the run against City, which was just astonishing, to be honest, um, we'll see what he can do with his pace, his trickery, his low centre of gravity, uh, he's two-footed. He's a bit... A bit like Anthony Gordon, so it really takes the game by the scruff of the neck. Mm. Extremely enthusiastic. And yeah, can grace a number of top clubs. You know, you look at City, I look at Spurs, you look at Arsenal, he'd, he'd, he'd slot into any of those teams for sure.
1: It's funny that you mentioned a lot of top teams and you left out Manchester United. It's sort of <laughs> almost as if they're not part of the conversation at the moment.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to correct myself.
1: No, no. no I, well, why not? They, they are struggling. Uh, they lost in Europe this week against Galatasaray. They face... Probably it's a strange one. Aside from playing Manchester City or or Arsenal or or Spurs, playing against Brentford, who, albeit they are struggling, it's it's probably not the greatest game for them to be going into. Uh, how do you see this one this one panning out, Jordan?
4: Yeah, as you said, it's definitely not an ideal game. Um You've seen how they struggle to break down teams at home. Brentford don't mind, you know, sitting back and sorting up pressure and. Encountering uh, on you, they're good at set pieces. <laughs> it's pretty, you know. You're looking at it and thinking that is a real banana skin for for United, and then you're thinking if if they don't get a win, how long can this run go on for? Because I mean, Hoyland was was asking, you know, everyone stick together. But I mean,
1: he did. He was the positive against yeah, no, Galatasaray. Was, yeah, he was. He
4: was a huge positive, and I think he's the striker that Man you have been searching for for a while. But it's the fact that they they thought that was the missing piece. So many other pieces just seem to have fallen apart since since yeah. last season. You know that's really undermined that addition, um, and he's still a young guy as well who is going to have to develop and become a regular. Um, so yeah, I think his concerns over Rashford not being able to repeat his form for last season. The defense looks so ropey. Um, the midfield looks like, you know, the, the really really struggling for legs. So um, yeah, has huge problems at United, and yeah, as you say, five losses and seven. I mean. I don't know how long that can really go on for without a major a major performance and win to really re-stabilise them.
1: Quick word on Tottenham, they could go top by beating Luton. I mean, you contrast the the sort of the toxic toxicity of of Old Trafford to the the wondrous world of Angeball. Um and they couldn't be polar, more polar opposite, could they?
2: Yeah, and it's a it's a really interesting test for them at Luton this weekend, because they've really struggled against defensive-minded teams. So they took until ninety-six minute to beat Sheffield, or to start uh, scored the equal against Sheffield United, and then uh, against Liverpool in the week. I think we saw as soon as Liverpool went to nine men and just sat there in two in two banks of five and three or whatever it was, uh, they created nothing for the last twenty minutes. So. Uh, as, as uh, strange as it might sound, yeah, Luton away is a real big test of, of where they're at and where they can go because it hasn't um, been the
1: leveler that I think Luton fans would have hoped. Yet, that Kenilworth Road—they've lost in each of their mm. games. Oh no, they drew against they drew against Wolves, didn't they? They yeah. drew against Wolves, so they did draw, draw against funny? Wolves. <laughs> I was really I've forgotten. I've forgotten, and then I saw your face, and I thought, oh yeah, that's yeah. that's the only team that they've um, got a point from. And just whilst you're here. Jordan, Um, a quick word about a Premier League star who hasn't necessarily been um, a star manager as yet, and that's Frank Lampard, who may well end up at your team, Rangers. Does that excite you in any way, shape or form, in short?
4: I think the name will excite fans, just like Steven Gerrard did. Um, But I think now Rangers are in a position where they're looking for an established coach with a brand of football. And I think if you ask people what's Lampard's brand of football, I think they we'll would struggle to give you a clear, concise um, answer. So he's a bit of a project manager and I don't think Rangers are a, a project for a project manager.
1: OK, well, we will see what happens with that. That's it from all of us. <laughs> Many thanks to uh, our panel. and Willeri is going to be back on Monday. I will be back next Friday and we will be focusing on the international fixtures. Your producer today was John Rogers. Your executive producer was Adam Jones. Thank you to both of them. Uh, You can read more from the likes of Tim, from Jordan, from Namdi, from myself as well. I do write things too uh, by signing up to The Athletic for £2 or $2 a month for an entire year. And you can get that offer at theathletic.com forward slash footballpod. Thank you very much for listening. Keep your comments coming in. We read them all. We read them all. Take care. Until next week. The Athletic.